You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. I'm Ari Wolf with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Odell Beckham Jr.'s future in New York seems to be up in the air. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reported earlier this week that Beckham won't step on the field without a new contract in place. And since the team is receiving calls about trading for the wideout, but owner John Mara insists the team is not shopping him. The NFL approved expanding the helmet-to-helmet rule, penalizing players who leave with their helmet. Offending players will be penalized 15 yards and may be disqualified depending on the severity of the hit. The owners unanimously passed a new catch rule on Tuesday, simplifying what a catch is. Rappaport says the original aspects of the rule remain in place. The key change is eliminating the going to the ground element of the previous rule. And all 32 teams had scouts on hand to watch Johnny Menzel throw again at Texas A&M on Tuesday. Menzel met with the Patriots and other teams before throwing. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Head into Firestone Complete Auto Care through April 2nd and get $60 on a Visa prepaid card by mail when you purchase a set of four eligible Firestone tires. Because with the right set of tires, you don't have to buy a new car to make yours run like new. Claim form required. For eligible tires at complete details, visit driveafirestone.com. Cannot be combined with any other offer. A list of things that will let you down today. Your alarm clock, C-Store coffee, public transportation, the office elevator, the sandwich you packed for lunch, the fifth floor printer, your cell phone battery, the shoelace you swore you double knotted, your hard drive, your backup hard drive, and of course, the weather. Brighten your day with something you can actually count on. GoToMeeting is the easy-to-use collaborative meeting tool that 18 million monthly users trust to help them get work done. To learn more about how you can meet better, visit Go. It's 8 o'clock at KNBB Dubak Rustin Monroe. Time for the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fine job lining everything up. Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston on Wednesday morning around 8 o'clock or so. We always enjoy visiting with Michael Federico, ULM's head baseball coach. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Coach? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Good. i got a lot of things I want to discuss with you, and let's start with the most recent, that being a 10-7 victory over Jackson State last night. Of course, getting a little revenge for a loss to the Tigers on the road earlier this year. I guess you had to be pleased with how your team especially performed early in that ball game, jumping on Jackson State in the first inning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we give up one run in the first inning, uh, didn't make a play defensively, and it kind of kind of shot us in the foot a little bit. But our guys responded in the first inning, and we put up six runs, and and that always makes it a little comforting. But at the same time, uh, Jackson State did a really good job of um, kind of getting it back into the game a little bit. We missed on some opportunities of uh, driving a couple runs in, but uh, we we were able to expand a little later on and. Um, they're very pleased with the win, and uh, you know it, it wasn't the prettiest win in the world, but at the same time, uh, you got to have some ugly wins along the way as well. Plus, I mean, you look at Jackson State. I mean, they've put together a pretty solid year. I think they came into last night's game twelve and four overall. 
Uh, they are. They're very talented. Uh, their catcher was an eighth-round draft pick last year that you know, decided to stay in school, and uh, you know he had three hits against us last night. Uh, really good receiver. Uh, first baseman had a you know a home run late in the game. He's got five or six on the year now as well. Uh, they've got a couple guys with some stolen bases. One guy's got 15 on the year, so they've got a, a very good team. And um, I know, you know, talk, talking to Omar before the game, he feels like this is a team that can compete to win the SWAC. And right now, they're they're doing that. So uh, definitely uh, good to get back on track because we didn't play very well against them last time. And um, you know, so it was it was it was always good to get a win, um, especially against a quality opponent. All right, Coach, before we uh, get to what's on the horizon, of course, a road trip to Arlington to take on UTA. We've got to put it in reverse a little bit and discuss what just simply has to be described as a crazy series this past weekend out of Warhawk Field. You guys winning two or three versus Arkansas State, but the way that you did it, now that you've had a chance to kind of reflect on the two shutouts and, of course, the one game where you give up 31 runs, uh, can you put into words what took place out there this past weekend? You know, honestly, I can't. You know, somebody asked me that question after you know game three, and I, I, I used the word crazy because I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. I was talking with Mr. Floyd, our athletic director, and, uh, and he said, I, I don't know if I've ever seen something like that. But uh, it's, it's a tribute to our, our players. Uh, they really were able to flush the game on Saturday. It was just one of those things, just nothing. Everything we threw across the plate, they, they whacked. And uh, it was just one of those things that – it happens. We had to sacrifice a little bit with some of our pitchers. Had to stay out there a little longer than probably would we would have liked to, or they would have liked to. Um, but guys like Kyle Backoff, and you know, he kind of was very selfless in those moments, and uh, he, he, you know, was able to help us save our bullpen for Sunday, which which ended up being, you know, why we won with Derek having Derek Martin and having Keegan Curtis. Uh, you know, it's a zero-zero ball game, and, and we don't score until the ninth inning. So our, our pitchers did a great job on Friday, and they did a great job on uh, on Sunday. It was just one of those things where you know we were making pitches; they were just they were hitting the ball extremely well. They had eight home runs going into the weekend, and they hit eight on the day. So, um, but you know what I was proud of on Saturday, even though it was a it was a tough loss, it was a crazy loss. It was just one game, and it was one of those things where we're trying to win the, the war. We lost the battle on Saturday. We won the battle on Sunday, and uh, we were able to win the battle on Friday. So ultimately, we won the war, and that, that's the most important thing on the weekend. Um, you know, Coach Collins, after the game on Saturday, was kind of one of those, you know, you, you don't know whether to be upset. You don't know whether yeah. to kind of laugh about it just because how did this just happen? But he made the comment to me, and it kind of calmed me down a little bit. He goes, Coach, no matter if we'd have lost 2-1, to one, or 31 to 7 it's still a loss on the weekend we got to find a way to respond and um, I think he and coach Crawford had a had a great game plan on Sunday with with our players and um, our guys responded and we were able to get you know get a 4 to nothing win on Sunday uh, that leads to my follow-up question knowing you being ultra competitive relatively new as a head coach how are you handling that in the dugout is that things kind of unfolding on Saturday well you know I've always my, my philosophy has always been that practices are, are a little bit more of my time, um, mm. my time as a, as a head coach to kind of put in the plan, put in what we're doing. Uh, we're going to practice hard. We're going to play hard. Uh, you know, we're going to be upbeat and energetic. And I think it's carried over to the games to where I, I try to stay out of the way a little bit. I think the games are more for the players to go execute the things that they need to do. I think sometimes we can we can overcoach and we can – 
try to do too many things. And, and I, I've tried to stay upbeat with this team. You know, I, I, inheriting this group, you know, there was only 19 guys on the roster. And, um, you know, there were some guys that didn't play much last year. And there were some guys that maybe their numbers weren't, weren't that good last year. So it's, an, it's a new group. And I, I think you can, you know, you can try to drive them into the ground and all, all of a sudden they're not going to play and compete for you. So I think the guys have responded well to, you know, what I've tried to do. And, and you know, I'll probably change with each year that I – the group that I have and the, 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 you know, the kids that – how they respond to, you know, different types of coaching and stuff. But right now we're, we're trying to stay as upbeat as possible. Even last night, you know, we had a chance to turn a double play. It ended up costing us, a you know, a run later on. And, you know, I've just tried to stay upbeat. And um, – that's that's all we can do, and uh, we can just control what we can control, and uh, we move on to the next play. I'm sure it was a sleepless night Saturday, and you knew Chapel on Sunday, and of course your message was going to be very important. Uh, as you approached the team on Sunday morning following that loss, could you tell that they had shrugged it off and were ready to go? You know, when when I first saw them on Sunday morning, I, I didn't know we had a we had a chapel service, and Dr. Saul Graves, one of our team orthopedics, spoke, and you know you don't ever know what the message is going to be, um, you know, from, from the, the people that we have on Sunday mornings. Each week it's, it's really good. We had uh, Coach Gladney, who used to be the head coach at Mississippi College last week when we were at South Alabama, and he, he you know, talked about uh, brotherhood and, and, and talked about, you know, how Peter was there for Jesus and things like that. And then Dr. Graves starts talking, and, and you know, you gotta you got to remember now, some of my guys are some that are believers and some that aren't, and they're on different – you know, times of their life, but he starts talking about Augie Garrido, and uh, which everybody on the team knows who Augie Garrido is, especially with him just passing. And, uh, and he starts talking about the word sacrifice, and he's he's doing all baseball terms. So I know our guys are locked in, and I'm looking around the room, but I can see it. And um, you know, it was, it was a really powerful message. And then, of course, he tied it in at the end to you know Jesus sacrificing on the cross for us, which you know that's what we're going to celebrate this week with Easter. But uh, it, it was it was really profound because I had talked to my dad the night before and uh, somebody that I kind of lean on a little bit, and he was kind of telling me the same thing. He was using some more terms and some things like that. And you hate to use that in, in sports, but mm-hmm. it's funny how you know people in the business world or in the military world they'll use sports analogies, and, and we in the sports world will use business and and um, you know war analogies. And it, it was one of those things where okay, again we lost the we lost the battle yesterday, but. We have an opportunity. We're nine innings away, and we can walk out of here and shake hands with these guys and take two out of three. And and what people, what a lot of people don't know is, in Saturday there were some emotional moments as well. Um, you know, Arkansas State bunted on us with up by 14, and that doesn't normally happen a lot of times. And you know, it was one of those things where our players were like, man, what's going on? And and um, the guy hits a home run for them, and he uh, you know throws his bat really high up in the air, kind of like Jose Batista. And, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of an emotional thing. So, and and we, we, I think our guys did a really good job of, of kind of, you know, keeping that emotion there. And, and I think Sunday it all came out. And, um, again, 0-0, zero, zero, and, and we find a way to win the game. And it was and it was an emotional way to, to walk off. And so it was really nice to be able to shake hands with them, knowing that we won those two out of three. Even though we lost, you know, 31-13 to 13 on <laughs> run scored on the weekend, which is crazy. Yeah, one follow-up question to that just about the weekend. And we always say, you know, baseball is a crazy game. It's different than other sports. I mean, could you see this happening in any other sport where you have two shutouts and give up 31 runs in another in one game? You know, no, because, you know, I was actually made a comment to Coach Beator the other day. You know, if you, if you played a football game three days in a row, um, 
which never happens, you know, how, how would teams do, you know, if, if somebody got destroyed on a, on a Friday, how would they, how would the two football teams play on Saturday with them being tired and different things? Cause they play with the same people for us. It's, it's uh, the new, the new pitcher has an opportunity to be able to control the entire day. And, um, you know, same thing with basketball, you might have a guy nicked up and, um, you know, you, you can strategize and you understand the plays that they're running and you can adjust and, you know, and adapt to those things. But baseball is a unique thing because whoever's on that mound can dictate so much. Um, and, and I think softball is probably the only other sport that's comparable to that. And, uh, um, you know, because the pitcher can, can literally completely dominate, you know, the game. That, that one person can do that. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's weird. I've never seen anything like that. Um, you know, to, to throw two shutouts and, and then, you know, again, to give up those runs. And I know for me and what I've talked to our team about is we can't worry about the number of runs that we've given up or uh, um, you know, how many hits do we have. It's it's about winning baseball games and trying to find a way to win games. If we had to win the game 32 to 31, then we should have, we were trying to do that. Um, if we got to win it one to nothing, that's, that's what we have to do. And we can't get caught up into just, okay, we gave up 31 runs. How do we respond to the next day? Um, no different than you and I going to work. Each day we have we have our you know, challenges and our struggles, and we've got to find ways to, to tackle those things. And uh, we move on to, you know, each day is, is a new beginning that we get to have. Michael Federico and the Warhawks now move on to a weekend series versus Texas Arlington, a series that starts uh, tomorrow, runs through Saturday. What are you expecting from the Mavericks, Coach? Well, you know, they're an older team, and it's, it's ironic, and I think I've told you this before, Aaron, I, I don't know all the teams in our league, you know, the, the style of play, the, you know, do they, do they bunt a lot, do they hit and run, do they just power pitching, so, you know, I, I, I hear stuff, we get scouting reports, we, we watch a little bit of video on things, but uh, it's one of those things, I don't really know the philosophies of them, so that's going to be, you know, interesting for me, I don't know the the confines of the fields and, and stuff. So these, these first two years for me is going to be a little bit of that. But um, I know looking at their numbers, they got a lot of older guys. they got a lot of guys that have had a, a ton of at-bats in their career, and um, they're swinging it really well. So, um, But on the other side of it, from the pitching side, it's a little bit like ours. It's, um, they've, got a, they've got a couple really good back-end bullpen guys, and then some of their starters are, are a little bit, maybe not depth-wise, it, it's kind of similar to us. So um, – you know, you, you hope to not go into it and think it's going to be a slugfest, but you look at it and go, okay, these guys can these guys can hit. Um, got a bunch of home runs, and um, I'm anxious to see how you know how they're going to be. But uh, you know what I tell our guys all the time is we got to control what we can control. We're going to play to our strengths, and and we're not going to try to play to the other team's weaknesses sometimes. So we we have to be good at what, what we're good at, and uh, we got to control what we can control. And of course, you look at the the Sun Belt Conference and the fact that you're three and three overall after you know winning this past weekend and then salvaging the one road victory against South Alabama. You're in a perfect spot. No doubt, they're they're a little bit ahead of us. They're four and two, so this could you know again it could become a good a big weekend for the end of the year. Every one of these series is is to help you get to the conference tournament at the end of the year and. Um, you know, where you're positioned in, in the league and, and where you're positioned from a seeding standpoint. So, uh, and it, you want to have the tiebreakers over people and things. And, you know, it's hard to go on the road and, and, and play series. And, um, you know, we're going to have to they're, – they're, they're predicted to be one of the better teams in, in, 
in the West, and uh, you know we weren't, and so we've got to go out and prove ourselves a little bit from that standpoint too. So, um, kind of continue to keep shocking the Sun Belt world. Appreciate the time, Coach. Great insight on what took place this past weekend in your win against Jackson State. Good luck versus Texas Arlington. Thanks, Aaron. Great talking to you, and we'll talk to you next week. You bet. Michael Federico, ULM's head coach. Big stretch of games for them over the course of the next five games. Of course, three against Texas Arlington. Then they'll go next week to Fayetteville, two against the Hawks. Love hearing that stuff behind the scenes, and of course, just the mindset of that team, and you know, very forthcoming there. Good stuff from Coach Fed. Yeah, great stuff from Coach Fed. Uh, coming up, we've got the answer to the question that's been looming, Aaron. Where is Peyton Manning going to land? Is he going with Fox? Is he going with ESPN? Hmm. And perhaps uh, Dan Patrick out on uh, Sunday's broadcast of NBC. Lots of broadcasting news coming up. Plus, we'll get into the power rankings. And we love to discuss their salaries, too. (laughs) Yeah, makes us feel so good. Makes us feel oh so warm inside. (laughs) Hit us up on the the text line, 888-993-7762. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Hey, this is Doug Gottlieb with a very important message. If you think a train will stop if it sees your car in the tracks, you're right. It will, about a mile after it hits you, which surprisingly happens more than you think to people who try and beat trains across the tracks. In 2015 alone, 230 people were killed at railroad crossings. So next time you see a train approaching, don't try and beat it, because statistics show you might lose. Stop. Trains can't. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Hooters smoked wings are marinated overnight. Then hickory smoked low and slow. With only half the calories, so you can eat twice as many. In fact, our smoked wings are so good, you might just come to Hooters for the food. Wait, what? That can't be right. That's just crazy talk. Come in for all the games and get a scratch and wing card when you try our new smoked wings. Every card's a winner. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Hooters. Now, let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, Jake, uh, we got some broadcasting news, right? We do, but first, I forgot to wish you a happy March 28th, man. Happy 328. A number that will forever <laughs> be celebrated, a day that will forever be celebrated <laughs> by Saints fans as we memorize the 28 to 3 lead that Atlanta had over the Patriots <laughs> before they blew it. Who came up with that? Where'd you steal that from? Uh, WWL TV 
they tweeted a graphic saying, happy March 28th <laughs> through that nat- nation. Everywhere, everywhere else, it's just another Wednesday. Uh, that's pretty good. I like Not that. Bad. We'll celebrate that for the yeah. rest of eternity. Uh, so if somebody comes to you, and I know you, uh, it's a little bit different dynamic with you and Peyton Manning, but somebody comes to you and says, I got a 10-year, $100 million That's not deal. even, okay, uh, time out. You should probably say I've got, how much How much money do you think $100 million is for Peyton Manning? Uh, it's not like he needs it. I know it's still $100 million. Uh, it's still $100 million. But for me, it would probably be what, like a million? Yeah. 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 Well, let's say that. Okay. Uh, Somebody comes up to me. Ten-year, $100,000 deal that you know, basically comes to a million dollars. You say, no, nah, I'm going to explore other options. According to the New York Post, uh, Peyton Manning has turned down a chance to be the game analyst on Fox's new Thursday Night Football package. Of course, uh, there have been several different reports. ESPN and Fox were going back and forth trying to land his services. Uh, he rejected ESPN's offer, so then it was in – the ball was in Fox's court, or perhaps it all came down to Manning having the ball, and he decided, no, he didn't want to play with Fox, so he ultimately turns him down. So we just spent, what, the last two months or so just kind of talking about this for nothing. Yeah. What, what what took him so long to come to know with both of them is my uh, question. Well, $100 million is $100 million. Yes, yeah, there and, and then, but though, if he wants to one day become but an owner weeks. or an executive in the NFL, and perhaps this may, you know, slow down that process or detour his path to accomplishing that goal. And like I know what the heck Peyton Manning's thinking. That's about. true. What do we? Do? <laughs> we were sitting here trying to speculate what's going through his head, but I don't know. I I'm actually disappointed by this because I think he would have crushed yeah. it. I yeah. think it would have been, and honestly, he would have been been better than Romo. Yeah, I think so. I think he would have been because he's naturally funny too. Like yeah. he's he, he. We all know he knows what he's talking about when it comes to football. So he could he could predict plays just like Romo. Probably do it better than mm. him. But he's also got that comedic genius to go along with it. All right, according to Awful Announcing, and you know that's one of my favorite websites. So this according from New York Times. So Plan B for Fox. They've already auditioned Joe Thomas. Jason Witten, Carson Palmer, and they plan to consider Greg Olson and Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner's not bad. On the radio, he's pretty darn good. And, of course, if you've seen some of his work with NFL Network, he's solid. Carson Palmer, why don't we just give that guy everything? <laughs> what? I'm not a fan of what. It goes back to, of course, when he made an appearance at a Big oh, Ritz Foundation. He was just You called him on a bad day, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. No, it was probably just a typical day for Carson Palmer. What did he do again? No, it's just every – I don't know, man. He just rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> he rubbed a lot of us the wrong way that day. I'm sure. Yeah. He probably was in a bad mood. Yeah. And I don't know about Joe Thomas. I haven't heard him only a couple I'm times. I'm just saying that retirement speech. Yeah. Just don't yeah. – just don't try to be funny. Mm. How about that? I don't know. Joe Thomas, I've actually watched him on NFL Live a couple of times. He wasn't too bad. All right. Give it, to, give, him, give it up to him. Jason Witten would be good, too. All right. All right. Anyway, uh, the other news was Dan Patrick. Reporting leaving uh, NBC's football night in America. Uh, he's been hosting that show for the last nine years. I don't think it's that big of a deal, especially considering you see the, the arsenal that NBC Sports has right now. You got Mike Tirico that can probably just sit in and, and – take over that spot and not miss without a beat. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, and he, he said something like, if I don't, you know, I don't want to do it if my heart's not in it, and I don't want to be doing something I don't love. So I get that. I understand that. My thing, I... He's probably got a podcast he needs to work on. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, that's fine. No, he is actually trying to uh, redo his deal, of course, with the direct TV for three more years coming up. Mm. Well, my whole thing, and, and I'm hearkening back to uh, Peyton Manning, I wanted that to happen because I'm not going to tune in for an announcer for Thursday Night Football, but it will intrigue me enough to tune in a couple times, like at the start of the year. Like that was that uh, p- reportedly that's what they were trying to do was get him on Thursday Night Football, mm-hmm. maybe hopefully uh, get some more ratings because of it. I'm not saying that's something that would be sustainable, uh, but I'm sure all of us would tune in the first week or so just to see how it was mm-hmm. anyway I, I was interested in seeing how that would work out so for that reason i'm i'm a little disappointed he didn't take other it. odd headlines on this wednesday morning for you jake well not so much a headline but just the fact that espn updated its um power rankings with the nfl after the um after the free agency mm-hmm. and the Orleans saints have moved up on mm. the list um they are at number four. They were at number six, but they say that, you know, re-signing Drew Brees as well as adding Demario Davis, Alex Okafor, and uh, Patrick Robinson, um, that that was, you know, reason for moving them up. But Philadelphia Eagles are, are number one. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree with that, the fact that they've added both Michael Bennett and Haloti Nada to a defensive line that was already scary. Um bolstering them as I would I would still say that's the best defensive line of football even though we know what Los Angeles just added um, so that's you know a, an already scary team looks to be even scarier next year they got the Patriots at number two mm-hmm. um, the fact that they had added Adrian Claiborne who had you know nine and a half sacks last year that's going to help that that defensive front out so and we know what the are going to do as long as they have Tom Brady. The loss of Amadola did not hurt their cause. No, two. I don't think so. Who they uh, got at three? The Vikings. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty easy there with Kirk Cousins adding him to the fray. Uh, the fact that you know the quarterback seemed to be the only missing link for that team, and now you add a guy who's very talented uh, t- to the fray. I think that's going to do wonders for them. Then Saints at four, Steelers at five. Um, I. You know, the fact that the Steelers are still here with, you know, without the Le'Veon Bell thing being settled, you know, he says that if he was going to be franchise tagged, he would retire. And what did they do? They slapped the franchise tag on him. So <laughs> what's his future? We don't know. Um, and the He'll fact be there by week one. Yeah, I'm, I mean, but at some point you got to live up to your word, right? But Bell has accounted for 75% of the Steelers' rushing yards over the past two seasons. He's the only player to surpass 70%. So just in case you forgot how important Le'Veon Bell is, there are some statistics to back that up. The team that should be rising up, I hope they, they – you said they have the Saints at four. Where do they have the Rams? Six. Ah. Yeah, right behind the Steelers. Uh, they had, of course, a huge, huge offseason. They added 12 Pro Bowls between – Dominican Sue, Marcus Peters, and Aqib Tlaib. So, so now you have those three players added to a defense that already had Aaron Donald. Mm. 
Uh, by the way, the 2017 Defensive Player of the Year. So, and the offense has taken off. Well, and then, of course, you continue to hear reports, and now the likes of Peter King continues to debate the, the, the likelihood that this trade could take place between the Rams and, of course, the Giants and Odell Beckham making his way out to L.A. Mm-hmm. And, and the more that people talk about it and the more you know, it's out there, it sounds like there may be a little bit of legs to this actually Man, I, taking place. Look, I, I, I'm on board. I, I, I'm liking what they're building out there in Los Angeles. Now, at number seven, they have the Atlanta Falcons, which to me, does that seem a little high, the, the fact that they lost two big-time players on that defensive line? I mean, I just told you Adrian Claiborne you know, went to the Patriots and uh, John Terry Poe uh, left. And what did he got? I believe Carolina, somewhere like that. Um, so the fact that they lost both of those guys on the defensive line, that's got to give me some caution to put them at number seven, but mm. not enough for uh, ESPN.com. Jacksonville comes in at number eight. Of course, they added uh, Andrew Norwell, which mm. I, I really liked them adding him. They did lose Allen Robinson, though, uh, to Chicago. But, A team uh, that has done very little in free agency. Where do they have the Dallas Cowboys at now? Ooh, let me scroll on yeah. down. And I'll keep scrolling. Keep Isn't it 17. odd nobody's talking about the Cowboys? They're at 17. Yeah, Cowboys are at 17 on this list. Um, the fact that, like you said, they haven't done a whole lot. I, I did want to talk real quick about uh, the Green Bay Packers, who are at number nine, because they did add Jimmy Graham, and I think that could be a big addition with Aaron Rodgers. But you did lose Aaron Rodgers' mm-hmm. big-time partner in Jordy Nelson. And so what's that going to look like? Uh, Rodgers, by the way, has thrown more touchdown passes to Jordan Nelson than any other player. They've connected 65 times for a score. So what's that going to look like, and what does Jimmy Graham's addition to that offense look like as mm-hmm. well? And round, would you add something on that? No, I was just going to say, I'm just curious. Is, is Jerry Jones calling Roger Goodell and saying, hey, this Michael Bennett situation, uh, is he going to get a suspension anytime soon? <laughs> or we have Ezekiel Elliott and what you did to him? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's very fair. Um, I'm sure he's given him the earful about yeah. plenty of, of things. And la- I just want to round out real quick the top ten. Houston made it at number ten because of their addition in Tyron Matthew. Can't wait to see him in Houston. And uh, San Francisco was at 11 with that Richard Sherman. Larry says, do the power ratings really matter? At the end of the year, all that matters is who has the Super Bowl championship. You are right, but that is what sports talk yeah, is all about. It is all about correct. lists. It's all about rankings. By the way, tomorrow, top 10 Thursday. That's right. Good plug, <laughs> baby. Good plug. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little uh, Major League Baseball. Our resident expert will join us after the break. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR, Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe, your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe, or call us at 812-BANK. BOR, we are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, Cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. 
Hi, I'm Greg Tilly in Bossier City. For 40 years now, we've been awarded the biggest volume dealer with the most competitive pricing in the United States. How about a brand new double wide, finished sheetrock and loaded for only $62,995. See it at Tilly'sHomes.com or visit us in Bossier City. I remember. I remember the moment. Remember the moment. I'll never forget that moment. As long as I live. As long as I live. Storage tank ruptured, and for miles, chemicals were pushing up against the riverbanks. This was a big, big deal, and it was going to have a serious impact on communities up and down the river. I remember the the moment this local guy came up to me and said they call the guard out for this stuff you probably thought we were all about hurricanes tornadoes fighting mother nature hey it's a chemical spill it's a disaster it affects the water supply threatens wildlife we're talking about the health of entire communities and people's livelihoods you bet we're ready for these kinds of things we were out there with booms to prevent the spill from expanding we we're responsible for protecting and monitoring the sensitive wetlands i also remember the moment that same guy came up to me and said i don't know what we would have done if they hadn't called the guard up Learn more about how you can protect your friends, families, neighbors, and the environment. Everything that makes up your community. Go to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Louisiana National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Local sports talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Jake hanging out on this Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining the conversation. Let's talk a little uh, MLB opening day right around the corner. Jason Pugh works down at Northwestern State, but for years he's been coming on the show and spewing knowledge when it comes to Major League Baseball. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. What up, Jason? How you been, bud? Good, Aaron. How how you guys doing? Uh, good. Before we get into some uh, MLB, i got to ask you, of course, obviously you work at Northwestern State, and we got a major local connection here, number of players playing in different, different sports, and, of course, uh, Brad Laird down there. But uh, basketball, a rough season for the Demons, but you had two kids from this area that played a prominent role, young kids, in Larry Owens and C.J. Jones. What do you see for their future as this program marches forward? Well, I think if, if Larry can continue to uh, – turn his body into more of a college basketball body as opposed to a high school body. Uh, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with, certainly in the Southland Conference and next year, as long as you can line him up. Next to Ish Lane, you've got two guys who are 6'8", and uh, very skilled 6'8". They're not just 6'8 bruisers. They can do a lot of different things. Ish ended up being one of our top three-point shooters. And Larry has, uh, and you guys, I don't have to tell you this from covering him, but for a guy his size, great hands and great feet very skilled, uh, as long as he continues to do that. And it's kind of the same thing for CJ. CJ is very undersized, as you guys know, but plays hard and, and has the ability to put the ball in the basket. And you can get him to you know, maybe move off the ball a little bit. You know, He'll play some point, obviously, but he can also be a, a talented scorer. So two good building blocks for Mike McConaughey and those two guys from Monroe and obviously CJ being a coach's son. And I think there's something that, a lot of people overlook when it comes to those guys that the intangibles that they usually have uh, go so much farther than their, their physical talent makes them just a cut above in a lot of ways. Coach McConaughey has done just a remarkable job down there. How did he handle this uh, tough season for him and his program? Well, it, it won him. And any time you go through a season where you, where you win four games, it's, it's going to be tough. And even a guy like Mike who's relentlessly positive, I think uh, realism starts to set in a little bit. It was a tough year. Now, he did mention that uh, he went through a very similar type season in 2002-2003 where they had a lot of freshmen uh, on that team. And four years later, 
four coming up, and obviously the tournament being in its third week now. The core of that group that won six games in 2002 and 2003 was the same core that beat Iowa in the first round of the 2006 NCAA tournament. So not to put any pressure on those guys or to say it's going to happen again, but a lot of similarities right down to a lot of the, the shooting percentages, the numbers, the scoring, very similar teams, very similar cores. So hopefully, and maybe hopefully you don't have to wait four years, but if you do and get that kind of payoff, it, it ends up being worth it in the end. Jason, I know you love college basketball in March Madness, but it's safe to say that baseball is your first love. Uh, how much are you looking forward to this season getting underway and opening day in Major League Baseball? Well, tomorrow's a holiday, right? We all get to take off work and just sit around and watch baseball, right? <laughs> yes. Now, in all seriousness, uh, I'm very excited. I think uh, it's going to be good to get some of the focus off what was a, a very interesting, uh, and not I use interesting not in a good way, uh, off-season, when you start to look at the free agent market, the deals that everybody thought was going to be handed out that weren't, uh, you still see some guys who are unsigned as the season began. You saw a lot of guys signing late in spring training. I think just getting on the field and getting away from some of the labor issues that happened uh, will be a good thing for the game. And Of course, you've got a lot of young guys, guys like Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, uh, Manny Machado, those kind of new faces, Aaron Judge. Uh, up in New York, uh, a new generation for hopefully a new generation of fans that they can re-engage some of the uh, millennials and some of the younger kids who may be looking elsewhere. As, uh, you keep hearing how baseball is so slow-paced and such not a good fit for millennials. Hopefully some of these guys can turn that around and introduce uh, some younger fans to the game. Well, you talk about that, and everybody likes the, the long ball, the home run. Major League Baseball set a record with 6,105 home runs in 2017. That was up 7% from the mark that was set during the uh, steroid era in 2000. Overall, 117 players hit 20 home runs or more, 41 belted at least 30. Can you explain the power surge last year, and you think it will continue this year? Uh, to give the stock answer, two words, launch angle. Uh, analytics has been such a big part of baseball really now for about 15 years since the, the book Moneyball came out. And everybody started getting into statistical analysis and analytics, and it's kind of taken on its own uh, cottage industry, if you will. Uh, it's gone across different sports. The NBA uses it now. NFL is starting to use it. Uh, just, but the analytics say that if you hit a ball, uh, very hard at the right angle to travel farther. And that's putting it in as layman's terms as I can make it. Uh, I just read a story this morning, as a matter of fact, in the Boston Globe about J.D. Martinez, who was one of those guys everybody thought was going to sign early and sign for a lot of money. And he eventually did. Five years, $110 million with Boston. But, you know, five years ago, he was, four years ago, he was released by the Houston Astros, a team that was in the process of losing 100 games in three straight seasons. He goes to Detroit, remakes himself, and you know, four years later, gets 110 million dollars because he learned to hit the ball in the air. He hit it hard and he hit it in the air, and that's why I think. And, and yes, I do think that Justin Verlander was right last year. I think they've done something to the balls in Major League Baseball, whether it's the scenes, whether it's in the baseball, that's livened them up. But I think the combination of that and everybody kind of treating it like it's uh, a little bit like t-ball when you're a kid. You know, the first thing you want to do is get up there and take a big uppercut and see how far you can hit the ball. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what it's gotten to uh, for a lot of hitters these days. 
the good of the game, everybody talks about it, it needs to speed up, make it more interesting for the fans. I know they, they talked about perhaps uh, implementing a 20-second clock for pitchers. Instead, they're going to limit the number of mound visits per team. In fact, according to several different reports, if the average game time this year is not less than two hours and 55 minutes, uh, MLB will impose a pitch clock starting next year. What do you think about the length of the game, and do you think these are strides in the right direction for Major League Baseball? I'm one of those people, I'm fine with the, the length of the game. I, I really don't think it needs to be sped up. I think there's, I still think there's enough fans out there and enough purists. You know, Dan McDonald, who I know you've crossed paths with many times, a uh, long-time sports information director and, and journalist in the Lafayette area, I mean, he was one of the ones that said, you know, the beauty of baseball is it's timeless. And it's a joke during a slow game, but it is. I mean, there's there's no clock in baseball, and there's no reason I don't, I don't think there should be one. Uh, when you look at it, you want to play a 60-minute game, go watch football, go watch basketball. And even if you look at football, look at the average time of a college football game, you're well into three hours. You know, the NFL game, same thing, and commercials, and slow, you know, they slow things down. Basketball, you have timeouts the last two minutes and fouling the last two minutes. Every, every game slows down. At some point, and I think to, to single out a game where it, it's meant to be paid at played at a bit of a slower play, pace, I'm just not a fan of that. I have no problem with the the pace of the game. I, I'm not one of those that wants to see it sped up. I don't like what they're doing in the minors, where they're talking about starting like the international tiebreaker rule in extra innings. It's just to me, it's not a it's not the game I grew up watching. It's not the game my father passed down to me, and, and maybe I'm a little bit of a stick in the mud. Uh, when it comes to this, but I, I like it the way it is. Jason Pugh with opening day, getting ready to, to go. Uh, is there one or two franchises that you're keeping an eye on and are fascinated by the storylines going into this year? Well, I think when you look at the fact that MLB has not had a repeat champion uh, in the 2000s, I think that immediately means you look at the defending champion, and that's the Astros, which happens to be one of the two closest franchises to, to where I am. Uh, here in Natchitoches, where I grew up in Shreveport. So I think what they've done and what Jeffrey Lunau, uh, the GM, and Jim Crane, the owner, did a few years ago, where they said, we're tearing this thing down to the studs, we're going to take our lumps, and in four or five years we're going to be really good. You know, I don't know that they expect it to be World Series champion good in reality, but that's what they are. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how many other teams take that route. My, my personal favorite, the Phillies, it's been a rough five or six years and they're starting to hopefully turn the corner a little bit and, and followed a little bit of that same Astros kind of logic. Uh, they tore it down and took their lumps and you hope they come out on the end. Now going back to similar to, to you know, maybe alienating fans, it's it's a dicey move, but if you, you watch that, that'll be interesting. I think the Cubs be interesting as they've been the last few years. A good young core continues to get older and better. Uh, the Nationals, what's going to happen with Bryce Harper? After this year, he's a free agent. Will he get a $400 million contract? Will he stay in Washington? And uh, the Yankees are back to being good. And as much as I hate to admit it, when the Yankees are good, it's it's good for baseball. Jason, if I would have told you a few years ago that A-Rod would be the golden child in the booth and Jeter would be the heel in the ownership role, what would you have said? I, I, would, I would be surprised. Uh, mm. I think that each of them had so had so carefully crafted their image as players 
that whenever they took that next step, whether it was ownership, whether it was broadcasting, whether it was nothing at all, uh, I would be very surprised to see it turn. I think A-Rod has uh, kind of bought in. It's kind of fallen in his favor if you look at the way the media has gone. He'll say a couple of outlandish things, you know, a la maybe Stephen A. Smith and First Take and Skip Bayless and all that stuff, the hot take world that we live in. So that's a little different. And, and Derek Jeter, you know, he inherits a bad situation in Miami, and the first thing he does is trade his best player to his former team, which just so happens to be the Yankees and one of the most uh, divisive franchises in all of sport. Whether you, you, know, you like him or you hate him, he basically can't not care about the Yankees. So he was going to be painted a heel, and it just ends up being uh, a situation that I think you're right. I think three or four years ago when they were finishing up their playing careers, I don't think he, anyone really saw them going as divergent as they did. Hmm. All right, Jason Pugh, with opening day tomorrow. we got to get you on the record. Who wins this thing this year? Who plays for it all? I think it's going to end up being the Astros. We may, I think we're going to see a repeat. I think we're going to see the Astros and Dodgers again. And I think the Dodgers are going to come out on top this time. I think we'll see Clayton Kershaw at his best from April through October, not just April to October. I think this is the year that things fall the right way for L.A. and uh, Magic Johnson and that ownership group really make a run for it. They leave no stone unturned and uh, whoever they pick up at the deadline will be a much better addition than Darvish was, especially down the stretch for the Dodgers. Good stuff, bud. Don't be a stranger. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Jason Pugh with some great insight and perspective there on Major League Baseball. A couple things there. Uh, first, A.J. agrees with him and says Stroh's back-to-back book it. Uh-huh. Um, secondly, the whole the thing about Clayton Kershaw, he's had a phenomenal spring. Yeah. I mean, he's he looks to be already in postseason form already. Um, and thirdly, about the length of the game, you know, I, I, I agree with him that it's it's um, you don't want to see the game you grew up loving changed, and it's and that nobody complains. Well, I won't say nobody, but a lot of people don't complain too much about the length of, of college football games when they go three and a half hours to four hours. Only problem is that's once a week, and you know baseball it's almost every night. So that's what I think. That's why I think it's kind of hard for people to follow a full season. Um, and my last thing was, do you have an MLB team? I used to be a big Chicago Cubs fan back in the day. You jumped right? off the bandwagon when they started I winning. Just, I don't know. Well, back, you know, it was always WGN. I was watching True. it in yeah. high school and college, and I don't know. And see, I grew up uh, like in the Braves because they were always on TBS. Yeah. And so I, I would watch them. And that was right, you know, prime baseball watching years, you know. Uh, yeah. At this point, I just uh, am more concerned about the length of uh, games in the high school and college ranks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it changes. I know. No, I'm with you. Um, I'm I'm right there in the same boat. ULM has played a lot of long games this year, by the way. <laughs> yeah, last, <laughs> last night was another one. <laughs> yes. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. The morning drive back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king.
all-new Yard Power of Monroe, Northeast Louisiana's only Cub Cadet dealer. Your Cub Cadet Superstore is holding a big open house this Saturday where you can save 15% on all Cub Cadet Pro Z mowers. That could mean up to $1,800 in savings. Big discounts on a great selection, even red tag special deals on closeout inventory. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Link. Lincoln Parish 4-H takes special pride in our organization's role in developing Louisiana's youth. Volunteers in the 4-H organization have touched the lives of thousands of 4-H youth by helping them learn new skills and provide service in their community. Find out how you can change a young person's life by becoming a 4-H volunteer. Call 318-251-5134. That's 318-251-5134. Good morning. Here's the latest weather conditions for our area. Mostly cloudy skies with a 20% chance of rain today and a high of 79 degrees. Cloudy skies with a 70% chance of rain on tonight, a low 65. Locally heavy rain in the forecast for tomorrow and a high of 77 degrees. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Man, Jake, I am just devastated looking at this weather forecast over the next two days. You know, I got today off uh, from the TV side. I was really looking forward to doing some yard work over the course of the next 48 hours. I'm sure the wife actually is perturbed by it, but uh, good timing on your part. Uh, Sherry laid some of the groundwork, no pun intended there, so I might be off. I'm sure we'll still figure out some things we need to do around the house. Yeah, I'm sure she will. (laughs) Let's get to our I hope party. She's not listening. Yeah, she might be. <laughs> uh, let's get to some party shots. May God give you for every storm a rainbow. For the end zone for Cangelosi. Yeah! Touchdown, Bulldogs. Touchdown, Bulldogs. Touchdown, Bulldogs. You've got to love it. For every tear, a smile. Warhawks win. Golden Browning scores. For every care, a promise. And when the game is over, you just make damn sure we're back in this locker room selling ourselves for rings. You got that? For every sigh, a sweet song, and an answer for each prayer. Count! Count! Touchdown! I do not believe it! The Tigers pulled off another miracle! I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me, and I'll miss our time together. Mm, That's the beauty of local radio right there. When you could put Vin and Spadafore together in the same segment. <laughs> yes, it's it's not bad. Right. What you got? Uh, Let's go here real quick because okay. I know you want to get updates on what took place uh, last night. I do see uh, Final Four coverage, and it is on TBS this year. And we can debate the merits of that, whether or not that's good for the college game or not. What? what? No. <laughs> How? Yeah, I, I, it's good for TBS. Who would debate that it that it would be good for the college game? Uh, Christian Leitner, Chris Jenkins will join TBS's uh, final for massive studio coverage. If you like those Homer broadcasts, they will also be providing that this year. You're not into those, no, but I enjoy those. Give me the give me the major, especially when you get guys like. Um, and I just went blank Rafferty yeah. and uh, Nance Hill. and yeah. Grand, uh, Hill. Grand Hill. Yeah, give me that. Trio. I know you're all on board with Nance. I like Nance. Yeah. I don't know why you don't like Nance. I like Nance as well. He's uh, good. Okay, he's better than Gus Johnson. Ooh, Ooh. Now that, that, those, that's Ooh. fighting Ooh. words Ooh. right there. That's fighting words. 
I'm just saying. I believe tomorrow when we do Top Ten Thursday and some of the biggest upsets in NCAA history, there will be a few Gus Johnson calls that actually cement his legacy. Cement his legacy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. All right. What you got? Oh, well, we were mentioning so this that. Is the uh, whole reason why Le- Leitner <laughs> and, of course, uh, Chris Jenkins joining the coverage. I told you that during the break, and you're like, oh, yeah, Christian Leitner, he'll provide a lot. Yeah, what a personality he has. <laughs> He's going to bring a lot to the table, sure. Um, I hate Leitner over here. <laughs> well, I mean, and I like Duke, too, and I can even say that, man, that dude has no personality. I can see why. You, you know, didn't think he came across uh, well in that 30? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm Team Hurley. <laughs> team Hurley over Leitner. Yeah. All right. Let's revisit some of these things that we've already discussed. <laughs> Good tease there, Jake. <laughs> this is stuff that you've already heard, but we're going to talk about it again. Uh, no, but, but first, I, I, I want to mention the fact that the Pels, you know, we're, we're looking at it. Only seven games left now. They are still in – I believe they still ha- hung on to fifth. I need to maybe check, double-check that. But – uh, they lost last night, 105 to 103 to the Blazers, number three seed. This is a game that they should have had, and that they blew down the stretch because they couldn't box out, they couldn't corral rebounds, and they simply couldn't stop turning the ball over in the fourth quarter. It was ridiculous. Mm. I don't know what happened to them. Uh, they did get a scare with Anthony Davis rolling his ankle, but he did play uh, for a good portion of the fourth quarter, so he seems to be okay. Did you hold your breath when Anthony Davis Absolutely. Went down? I'm just like. Man, because, all right, I, like a lot of my buddies love to make fun of him getting hurt all the time and having to come out and then coming back to games. And I'll admit that, you know, over the past couple of years, it, it's been kind of annoying to see him leave a game and then come back because it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, tough it out. But I think this year he's done a great job of toughing it out. He's been banged up, and he's still come, come back and, and, and played and hasn't missed nearly as much time this year as he has in in recent years. So I think he has showed that toughness. Um, and he showed that toughness again last night, so good for him. Uh, Drew Holiday played lights out, had two big-time blocks that I thought were going to give the Pels an opportunity to either tie the game or win the game late, and they blew it. Uh, H.Y. Moore missed a wide-open three. And uh, Darius Miller, I failed to mention this the first time, Darius Miller sh- shot a three, and I swear it spun around that cylinder, touched every bit of it. And just popped out. But uh, Blazers won that one. So now, you know, this weekend becomes even more important for the Pels to win. Run out of time. I would love to see them get that number four seed. But, uh, you know, you still need to win these games to just lock up your your postseason, you know, place just because of how tight it is. So that was big. Of course, you know, a lot of people were talking about how ULL has swept LSU. I like these midweek games in the college ranks. Everybody says, well, they're not that important until you start losing one or two. Then all of a sudden the sky is falling. Or perhaps you lose one or two to the Raging Cajuns. Then all of a sudden the tune changes, especially if you're an LSU fan. Or if you go one one for 11 with runners in scoring position, there are some glaring things, of course, LSU is going to look back at in this 3-1 to loss last night. Sure. I mean, they. But you, you just mentioned the fact, does it really make that much of a difference considering what LSU did last exactly. year and their difficulties in midweek games? And the fact that they're missing multiple players that, that are injured. So for me, I'm not, you know, they got to play better first and foremost, but they've, they've, got, they've also got to get healthier. And I, again, just harken back to last year, how they were, I think, 18 and 8 and turned it around. They're 16 and 10 right now. And there are, what, 24 SEC games left? So. Plenty of time left. 
Uh, and then, of course, the big news, ULM takes care of business versus Jackson State. Even the bigger news for Louisiana Tech, they stay red hot. They go on the road and knock off McNeese. Uh, college baseball schedule changes a little bit this week, of course, with Easter. Quick turnaround for a majority of these programs as they'll now have Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. That will not be the case with Grambling. They uh, win against Texas College yesterday 11-3. They will still play a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series against Texas Southern. High school baseball last night. Sterlington all over Franklin Parish. West Washita takes care of Washita. And then softball, big matchup between Washita and Ruston last night. Lady Lions get some revenge versus the Lady Bearcats 8-5. to five. And uh, with the weather approaching, uh, several people texting in involving uh, West Monroe's matchup against Ash. That has now been rescheduled. They will play a doubleheader. Pretty cool for West Monroe. That doubleheader will now be at Alls Field. Beginning Saturday. at noon, I believe. Yeah. yeah, so that they'll play start they'll host Sterlington Friday and then play uh Ash Saturday and then Tuesday play West Washington. All right, what we got going on tomorrow? Top ten Thursday. Uh we will be breaking down the top ten upsets in March Madness history. I believe we'll have an addition from this year with UMBC. Could we have two more with uh, Loyola <laughs> Chicago versus Michigan and then taking down Villanova or Kansas? I'll say this. If Loyola Chicago wins the championship, they're number one. <laughs> yes. No doubt they're yes. number one. So, yes. yeah, maybe so. Uh, and also the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, will join us for his weekly visit at 8 o'clock. We had fun today. Hope you join us again tomorrow at 7 a.m. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.